Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Romans 8 and 16, have you found it? My reading's a little lengthy, bear with me. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I quote this verse all the time, all the time. That's how I know. That's how you know. Without that, you can't know you're saved. You know because of that. That one verse right there explains it all. It's not hard to understand. You know. Say, well, I don't know if I'm saved. It's not the Spirit bearing witness. The Spirit bears witness. You're a child of God. You know that. And if children, then heirs. Hallelujah. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Fear not, little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If so be that we suffer with him. Yeah, why'd you have to put that in there? That we may be also glorified together. That means with him. For I reckon, Paul's a country boy, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. We're not what we're going to be. Not yet. For the creature was made subject to vanity. That means, look, that means moral depravity. And, and watch this, not willingly. But by reason of him who hath subjected the same, who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. How about that? That's good news from a far country. For we know that the whole creation groaneth. You're watching all the floods. You're watching the earthquakes. You're watching the volcanoes. You're seeing the tornadoes in places that's never had tornadoes. You're seeing all the things of the creation. It's groaning. It's in travail. It's in misery. I watched the floods in California. All the stuff that was washing down the street. I thought, that's filthy. Look at that. People done that to this. The earth is groaning. Look what you've done to me. And travaileth in pain together unto now. See, it's suffering too. Are you with me? Not only they, but ourselves also. Which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even though we have that, Jenny. <clears throat> we're groaning as well. They've said it tonight. Eric in the prayer room said, I'm ready to go. I mean, it's been said, sung, you know, even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Father, I love you. I thank you for the night, the time, the place, the people. Thank you for your presence. I thank you, God, for opportunities you afford us in this life. 
Thank you for this place, God, what it means to us. <laughs> God, now fill my old mouth and guard my tongue. Bring to my mind what I've read and studied today. Feed your people, Lord. Feed your people. They'd be a lost one, save them. But God, this is to the saint of God tonight. And I pray, God, we leave here encouraged. I'll bless you for everything that's accomplished. And I'm asking it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I'm thinking on this thing. I actually got this down there in, uh, in Sunday school the other day with Brother Bill Hamilton. Bill's been sick and he's a great Sunday school teacher. I don't know if I'll ever get to hear him again. He's got cancer. He's battling. He's suffering. And I'm reading this and I, uh, I know I quote this verse often. You all have got it memorized because I say it so often. And for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. But the verse above that said that we're heirs and we do, but if so be we suffer with him. There's some suffering that goes along in this thing and we, I don't know anybody in their right mind tonight and say, we're going to vote on who wants some more suffering. They wouldn't be a hand raised in here tonight if you're in your right mind. We're not voting to suffer, but we know that it's reality. So Elizabeth Elliot, I think, gave the best definition on suffering that I've ever heard given. She lost three husbands. She went into the jungle over there in South America somewhere. They killed her husband for going in to witness, and she stayed there and lived Forgive her enemies. She lived with the people that killed her husband and told them about Jesus. I'd have probably been sharpening the stick and thinking, I'm taking you out, buddy. Where's Jimmy and his nine millimeter? I need some help. She says, suffering, in her opinion, this is the definition of suffering. Suffering is having what you don't want or not having what you do. I thought that's it in a nutshell. Suffering is having what you don't want. Nobody wants pain. Nobody wants trouble. Nobody wants this. We don't want to see our children hurt, our grandchildren. I don't want to see my people in the church. Every prayer request breaks my heart. I think, my word, Lord, give them a break. Don't let them suffer. He said, if we're heirs, we're going to suffer if we suffer with him. Now, here's, God gave me this thought this morning, Bob. It's beyond man's ability not to suffer. It's beyond my ability that suffering doesn't come. Now, we know the way of the transgressor is hard. Would you agree with that? The way of the transgressor is hard. But it's beyond our ability. Sooner or later, listen, you may be, who, who was the guy in the 50s, Mr. Muscle, the workout king? His, his name's escaped me. Who? That, that's him. Mr. Workout. You know what happened? I say, he, he eat all the nuts and twigs. He wouldn't, wouldn't no fat, none of this stuff. Starved, you know, he missed all the good stuff. God loves fat. 
He missed all the good stuff. He wasn't eating none of that stuff. Look, he, he's not, hardly no meat and very, lived on chicken and, 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 and died. Just like everybody else. So it's beyond us. One of these days, you keep living. Hey, young people, you think it's not going to happen. You're going to wake up one of these days. We're down in Florida. Somebody, Gary. Gary said, I just woke up and I was hurting. Because you're living. It's beyond our ability not to suffer. So, how do I know this? Scripture bears that out. Job 14 and 1, Job said this. Man born of a woman is a few days, Brother Donnie, and full of trouble. I mean, he come forth like a flower and he's cut down. This thing is like a vapor, pure for a little time. Look here. If you're not suffering today, you probably will be tomorrow. Suffering comes in a lot of areas. So watch this. Here, here's three types I thought of today. This isn't my message, but it's my introduction. Types of suffering. And I'm getting this out of Job. I'm reading it again right now. Maybe it's why I'm preaching this message. But first, there's physical suffering. And, 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 uh, and I didn't know much about that until I turned 50. And then I turned 60 and I hit the wall. I blame it on COVID. <laughs> Got to blame it on something. But there's physical suffering. Now, when we're young, we get sore playing ball or doing something, working hard, sleep eight hours, wake up the next day, new man. Work all day, fish till midnight, come in, jump to bed, sleep four hours. Wake up, 6 o'clock, 5.30, new man. Then, them days go away. It don't take much to hurt you. Job was afflicted with boils. He had great physical affliction. Satan said, skin for skin. You touch him. You touch him. Take his health away from him. See what he does then. And all this Job sin not. But there's physical suffering. Then there's mental suffering. There's mental suffering. Michael said the devil came to him. You know how he plays that? It's in your mind. He, that's his battleground. He shows up. He's afflicted. What do you think? I asked somebody this other day. What do you think Job was thinking when he's there? Oh, everything's good for old Job. I mean, he's the wealthiest man around. Everything's going good. Kids are good. He's making a sacrifice, offerings for the children because he's the patriarch. And you could do that in that day. He knew about God. There was no law, pre-law, but he knew God was there. And then somebody shows up and said, hey, your cattle's gone. Your camel's gone. Your asses are gone. Your children's dead. Not just one, all of them, they're gone. Pretty bad day for Job. Suffering. And God said, he's a perfect man. In other words, he's as good as it gets in human flesh. Didn't mean he was without fault. 
He proves it in the book. Somebody may be here not be suffering physically. Maybe suffering from mental anguish or something battling in your mind. You can't, you're just having a struggle. You don't know how to get over this thing. But then there's, then there's, then there's spiritual suffering. That, Brother Gordon, that's when the saint of God's done everything they know to do. And it just, it's just not happening for them. They prayed, Randy. They prayed. And it's, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And then when the friends, I think the evidence of this, the example of it, is when his friends showed up, he said, you're miserable comforters. You're not helping. In other words, in modern day vernacular, you ain't doing much for me. They sat there for seven days, never said nothing in the ashes with him. But when they began to talk, one said, your problem is you're a liar, Job. The other one said, well, said, uh, you're a hypocrite. That's what it is. And then the last one said, well, here's the problem. You're a hypocrite and a liar. What about a spiritual battle right there? When he's done everything God's required of him. He's God's perfect man in that day. The one right in the sight of God. And Satan set his eye on him. And Satan said, I'll have him. And God said, go ahead. I don't know about predestination and all that. I'm, I'm not one of them guys much on that. But I do believe in the foreknowledge of God. We've already made that statement tonight. And God knew. He knew what old Job was going to do. He said, go ahead. Do what you can. And friend, the spiritual battle ensued. You think he didn't do some suffering? And when it's all said and done, Mike, when it's all said and done, God said, Here, the only, here's your only problem, Job. You're just a little bit self-righteous. You was right and you knew you was right, but that's a problem. You got to be right and not know it or not think it. Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? Because when them boys had accused him, he was right and tell them that. Humility would have done this. He would have just bowed his head and said, maybe you're right. Maybe I've got a little bit of that in me. Maybe I've missed the mark just a little bit. Instead of saying, I wish I'd have never come forth from the womb. But when it's all said and done, you know what Job done? Out of his suffering, you had no idea when you sung that song. He prayed for his enemies. And when he prayed for them men, God said, watch this. <laughs> I've just been waiting on you to do that. Now I'm about to do something for you. I'm about to turn this thing around. You didn't lose them kids. They're waiting on you on the other side. You'd made a sacrifice for them and an offering. They're waiting on you over there. And then I'm going to give you some more kids and I'm going to increase your riches. You're going to have twice what you had before. I'm going to take care of you, Job. Your suffering is over. Don't have to worry anymore. And he started singing that song. I thought, Lord, God, I've got the right message tonight, Father. Now it's 8 o'clock. You're not going to get out of here in 15 minutes. Unless you just need to leave and you're excused if you do. We see this. So 
So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking on this. Uh, and I want us to see something. But as a child of God, you, you may not like this till the end, but as a child of God, you have the, number one, ability to suffer. I don't want to suffer. He's pretty plain about it right here. He said we was going to. If we're going to be an heir, we're going to suffer. Why? Because we have an enemy, we have an adversary, the devil, and we're going to suffer. Now, hey, don't shout yet. You will in a minute. If you don't, it's your own fault. We have the ability to suffer. Where'd you get that crazy idea? Out of Acts 9, and I think it's 16, he told Ananias, talking about old Saul, who's going to be Paul, he said, I'm going to show him what great things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. So before he ever got on the road, before he'd ever been in the wilderness to learn what God wanted him to know, by the way, he didn't go to school in Jerusalem. No, he went out into the wilderness and God taught him. What a teacher. Before any of that happened, God said, he's going to suffer for my name's sake. What did God know about him? He had the ability to do it. Whether we think this or not, whether we think this or not, as a child of God, we have the ability to suffer. It's not. And the reason it comes our way, the reason it comes our way is to bring him glory. It's to bring him glory. It's not so we can just get by. It's not so we'll just feel better about it. I'm telling you, suffering stinks. I used Verena when Freddie died, and she showed up the next Sunday morning to play piano. I used that in a lot of messages. Jim McComas is using me now in a lot of messages because after the fire, I showed up on Wednesday night to preach. No glory to me, none. Suffering, no glory to me. Glory to God. He gives us ability to be able to do that. You can't do that in your flesh. Your flesh will fold the tent, pull up the stakes, and set it on fire. The flesh can't do it. But when the Spirit of God comes and the suffering's there, He gives you ability that you didn't even know you had. Don't mean we don't ask Him to take it away. Paul said three times, God, take this away from me. He said, my grace is sufficient. Paul said, because of that, I'm going to glory in my infirmities. So we have the ability. He told in 2 Timothy, he told, he told Timothy, I think it's in 2, let me get my verse right, right 2 Timothy 3 and 12. He said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You got eight plus. Rest of them's waiting on somebody to answer. <laughs> you don't think you got it? I'm gonna tell you, child of God. It don't matter what's around the next curve or over the next hill or down the road from you. You, as a child of God, have the ability to suffer and bring God glory through every bit of it. 
Number two, we go from the glory. I'm, I've got to read this. I couldn't commit all this to memory today. I, I, I want to read this to you. So we go from the ability to suffer. And I'm, going to, I'm, I'm, I'm using Paul in most of this because I don't know anybody that done it like him besides Jesus. And, and Paul says this. We have we, not only the ability, but then there's the amount of suffering that we have to go through. You ever seen somebody and it's just one storm after another? That's somebody in this church right now that's doing that. I'm not going to say who it is. But it's been one thing, Dennis, after another. Every time they see a little daylight, it's another train wreck. And it's just one thing after another. You, I'm wondering, Lord, I'm praying in the morning. God, oh God, take this away. Help reprieve, Lord. Diminish this for a little while. So I can't do it. Listen to what Paul said. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. That means 39 times they beat him across the back. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. Now we only have a record of one of those, but he's telling us it's happened before. A night and a day I've been in the deep in journeyings often in perils of water and perils of robbers perils of my own countrymen in perils by the heathen in perils in the city in perils in the wilderness in perils in the sea in perils among false brethren I'm getting the idea he's in peril most of the time in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So right in the middle of all this stuff that's going on, Paul's trying to care for everybody else. So the suffering saint, we have the ability to suffer and then there's the amount of suffering we must endure and we don't know what that's going to be. You wonder. I don't have the answers, Tony, for some things. They say, why, preacher? And all I can say is, God knows. God knows. I do not know. A lot of things I do not understand. His ways aren't my ways. His is past finding out. Listen, there's things that I'm not going to know. But there's something I do know. So I revisited the hiding place today. If you haven't read that in a while, I'm going to buy a new copy. Part of my leaves have fallen out of the back a few pages. I was looking for a certain part of that story, and it's not, it, the pages are gone. I don't know if I lost them or what, but I'm going to, I'm going to buy me another copy of The Hiding Place. you never read that book, even if you're not a reader. Just ask and you shall receive. You know that's Corey Ten Boom. And when she was in Ravensbrook, 
She was taken captive, her and her family, by the Nazis. And now we got people trying to teach in history that that didn't occur. Intellectual morons. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Trying to ignore. Listen, we should learn from history, not ignore it. We have this. I'm reading this today. I'll tell you this little bit of story and I'll give my last point and I'll let you go. So I'm reading this today and Corey's talking about when they transported them from the first holding place to Ravensbrook. And she said they shoved them on cattle cars or in train, in train cars till they couldn't move. So they couldn't lay down. They couldn't stand up. There's no water, no bathroom. It's four days in this car. You, you figure it out. And said... It was shut up. So she said after about day two, the smell was atrocious. It was awful. We're begging for air, water. We don't have nothing. They're shoved up against each other back to back, front to back. So tight, crammed in this car so tight they can't lay down or step. And her sister Betsy is there. And Betsy's frail and weak, but she's a spiritual giant. And after four days of this, stop and go, stop and go, bang, bang them against the wall, bang against each other, the train's starting to go. They stop at this place, they open the big door, they're thinking, hallelujah, we're going to get out. And as they begin to march, they see the concentration camp, Ravensbrook. She said, oh, Lord, help us. No, not Ravensbrook. It's the place they'd heard of that you don't come away from. I'll shorten the story. You read the book. It'll make you cry. In this one section, she said, she said, they stripped us naked and made us stand at attention and said, there we was with our swollen stomachs from hunger. Our stomachs were sticking out. Said, there we was, our legs were thin. Our hair matted. We were in a mess. And there we stood naked before the, all these soldiers and she said, "What I thought, what in the world could they glean by gazing at us in our pitiful conditions? I said, we're standing there, and little Betsy was standing in front of her. I said, the thought come to me, Jesus was naked. I said, she leaned up, and she said, Betsy, Jesus was naked too. And said, Betsy said, oh my. And I forgot to thank him for that. I forgot to thank him for that. He was naked too. Before everybody walking by. Oh my. Here's the thing. After, the, after it progressed and everything happened. And, and they were in there. They were suffering. They went into this thing and it was covered in fleas. It said they went in and they were just, just packed in this place. And they had to sleep across the bed to have room. Eight or ten in one wooded plank bed with a small blanket over it. And it's infested in fleas. said when it walked in, they just went to picking the fleas off of them. And said, said Betsy told Corey, said, Corey, we need to thank the Lord for everything. 
And she said, I don't know if I can thank him for the fleas. And said, Corey began to thank him. Said, Lord, I thank you that we're still together. And I thank you that we're not standing out there in the rain anymore. And I thank you that we can lay down as rough as it is. Said she, Lord, and I thank you for the fleas. Corey said, I'm thinking, I. Uh, time ticked on. Betsy got sicker and sicker. Corey's strengthened. They wondered why they could take their Bible. She smuggled the Bible in. She wondered why when they huddled up in the big room and read, they was reading the Bible, said they just got to having prayer meeting, said everything in there was changing. Women was changing. It was cursing and being mean to start with, said Betsy, Betsy is reading them the scripture. Said and then said everything said their hearts was changing. Said and then it got to be let's read, let's read. That's our that's the only good news that we've got. Read that book to us. Betsy got an infirmity on one of her before she passed away. She's in an infirmity, uh, infirmary, and and she 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 comes back in and she said she said Corey I found something out. She said, what'd you find out? She said, you know why none of the guards come in and broke up our Bible studies and would let us huddle together and not come in and beat us up? She said, no, why? She said, the fleas. <laughs> she said, they wouldn't come in here because they were afraid of the fleas. Corey said, I said, God. Thank you for the fleas. We're in a time of suffering like we've never known before. We were a, a well-to-do family living in a nice home. My daddy's a man that could repair watches. We had a, he had a business. We done well. Now we're reduced to living like animals in here. But God, thank you for the fleas. Betsy died and said, when I saw her, she looked like a skeleton. Last time I saw my mama, her face looked just like a skeleton. It was gone. It was just, it was just a... But she said after that, they brought me, they, they showed just a little bit of sympathy and brought me out to see Betsy and said there she was and her face was full. And said it wasn't gray and ashen. Her color was back. She's long gone. She said, and I saw her. And I thought, he's done that for me. All of that to say this. We have the ability to suffer. And the amount of suffering, we don't know what we'll have to endure. But one of these days, because of what I just read, the King of Glory abolishes all suffering. If you belong to Christ tonight, I can guarantee you, I don't know what's around the next curve or over the next hill, but by the authority of this word, I can guarantee you this. Child of God, one of these days, the suffering is over with. It's done. Death is over. Tears are gone. I'm telling you, it's joy forevermore. You see, in Genesis 3.17, 
He cursed the ground for man's sake. That was the first Adam. In Revelation 22 and 3, we see the cure. There's no more curse. That's the last Adam. And because of him, because of him, Jewel, come on. Because of him, I can assure you that one day your suffering is going to end. They say, tradition says that when they call Paul to the chop block, tradition says that he ran. That's because Paul had seen what awaited him. And ever since that time that Paul saw it, he was ready to leave in a moment's notice. To live as Christ, die as gain. I'm willing to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord. But it's better for you, he said, if I stay here. He leaves some here because it's better for us when others stay. But there'll be a time, be a time, Brother Gordon, when waiting day, the waiting time is over and graduation day comes. We stand to our feet tonight. Sister Jewel, just keep on playing. I'm going to pray. If you have something you need to pray about, you're welcome. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.